On this episode of Oklahoma Senate on Deck, we'll talk about all the issues as we gear up for the start of the second regular session of the 57th Oklahoma Legislature. Governor Stitt made a big announcement about Medicaid. We'll get Senator Treat's take on this big announcement. And finally, Bernie Sanders recently wrote a letter about Oklahoma education. Senator Treat gives us his take on the letter from everyone's favorite socialist Democrat. All that and more on Oklahoma Senate on Deck. Now let's join the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oklahoma Senate on Deck, the podcast from the leader of the Oklahoma Senate, Senator Greg Treat. Senator Treat, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, glad to have you uh, join us today on the podcast as we record this session is just a few days away, and that's an exciting time of year here at the Capitol. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you, do you have nerves, jitters, a lot of things going on as we prepare for the first day of session? I don't have nerves and jitters, no. <laughs> they, they, uh, I'm excited. You know, we had a lot of success last year working across the aisle within the Senate, across the rotunda with the House, right. and uh, on the second floor with the governor. So it was a really good experience last year, especially coming out of the previous few sessions. Yeah, those you know, were brutal. Those work were brutal. together, collaborate, mm-hmm. and actually get things done. So I'm, I'm actually walking into this with no trepidation at all excited know that there's some issues that we have to deal with that are serious and weighty and the budget isn't as rosy as we'd like it to be but we're in a much better position right. than we found ourselves in, in a long time and this time of year there's a lot of uh, organizations that invite you the speaker the minority leaders from both uh, chambers to events to give previews and attending some of those with you and, and and hearing everyone talk there's still a sense of optimism all the way around we have our disagreements but Everyone's still excited that this is going to be another positive year. Yeah, uh, we've we've had the state chamber, the Oklahoma City chamber. I have the Edmond chamber tomorrow and Putnam City Schools. And yeah, you hear that all. And I did Tulsa chamber uh, a few weeks back, just attended, was not on a panel there, uh, will be soon. But yeah, that sense of optimism, I'm finding uh, everywhere I go in the state. I had a, a deal in Ponca City with Senator Bill Coleman, and you just hear that everywhere. Yeah, it's really great. Um, Oklahomans are hopefully a positive um, group of people, and we're building on a good year from last year. Um, so th- heading into this year, what do you think, what have you been telling these groups when they ask what are your priorities heading into the 2020 session? You know, last year, build on that success. Make sure that right. we don't take it for granted that we're going to work together. It takes a lot of work and a lot of communication to stay on the same page. So continue the effort we did there. Right. Last year, we devoted a lot of this podcast to talking about loft, legislative office. Yeah, our, our listeners know about that, so yeah. yeah, they can give us a, a tutorial on it. So I won't go into a lot of the details on that, but it's an extremely important uh, entity, and it's important that we get it right. So we're in the process of trying to hire a director and get that off the ground. So I want to make sure I see that uh, to fruition and make sure that we, we get off on a very solid, solid footing. Yeah, that first hire is going to be very important to set the tone. Oh, yeah. And then continue our efforts with transparency, although in an earlier press conference I kept calling it transparency, <laughs> uh, created a new word. But uh, transparency. <laughs> and, and then uh, federal. I'm, I'm really kind of passionate about an issue on federal grants. A lot of times yeah, these state agencies, uh, they will uh, seek a federal grant, and then that federal grant has a, a shelf life of three, five years. But it builds a constituency. It builds a dependency on right. that grant. And sometimes right. for very good purposes. Right. But it wasn't in uh, the governor's plan or the legislature's plan. So the governor this interim actually addressed it through a, uh, an executive order. 
And the beauty of executive orders is the governor can do it. The, uh, the downside of an executive order is once this governor is gone, uh, then it goes away. Yeah. And so I've got a bill to try to codify that to say, hey, I think that's a great idea, Governor Stitt. Let's put that in state statute so that will last well after both of us are out of this building. And that's a great idea. And those things you talk about just oftentimes appear out of nowhere, it seems, here at the legislature because it's not a program that went through the normal committee process and bill process that we're aware of. It's not anything that the legislature directly appropriated money and then all of a sudden someone's knocking on your door saying, I'm going to lose these valuable services. Why did you do that to me? And it's usually because a federal grant went yeah. away after federal three or five grant years. Ran, ran out. So this idea of transparency will be awesome so that we know what's coming in the door and what may be ending and how to prepare for the end of that and whether we want to and continue most services. Oftentimes, uh, they're for good purposes. Right. Sometimes they're completely counter to what the legislature and governor want. Yes, Those yeah. are the nefarious ones. But most oftentimes, these are really good purposes. But we we need to be able to plan and budget for these yeah, things right. and make sure it's something we would be doing absent the federal enticement to do it uh, because we're going to be picking up the tab at some point. Right. Transparency. That's the that's the word of the day. Transparency. That's yeah, transparency. Be... <laughs> I'll try it again. <laughs> and this was something they did uh, in Indiana, right? Had had good success Yeah, there. Indiana has a whole something office similar. dedicated. Uh, yeah. It's OSBI, but it's not the uh, Oklahoma They're State Bureau They're not investigating uh, crimes, <laughs> maybe just uh, dollars and cents. Yes, yes. They came and testified when we did the loft interim hearing a year ago. I was impressed with it. I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to go to an office yet. Right. I've talked to Governor Stitt about my desire to codify it, and I want to make sure we, we continue to build on it to make sure that uh, Oklahomans have control over what their state agencies are doing. So those are some important things for the, the session, and there's going to be lots of things coming up. And, of course, here on the podcast we'll talk about them each week and, and give our take. And so we want to uh, give a pitch to everyone to stay tuned and hear what's going on in the Senate. Uh, speaking of Governor Stitt, as we record this today, he had a huge announcement on health care and uh, he announced his uh, plan, Sooner Care 2.0. From what you've heard about it and what you've been told a little bit now, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm excited. I'm excited that there's a potential to have an Oklahoma plan that allows us to have flexibility and not be locked into a rigid constitutional constraint. Yes. Uh, I'm hopeful that uh, when I see the plan that I'm just as excited about it. I've seen some details. The governor has briefed me right. uh, briefly on it. But I look forward to actually getting down into the details, making sure that these things work and that, that there's not any unintended consequences. But right. really the bottom line is getting people healthier, getting people access to care, and making sure that we provide preventative care to keep people out of the emergency room, to try to make sure that people in rural Oklahoma and underserved areas of the metro – uh, get the access to care they need. Uh, there's a lot of strings that come along with federal money. It Certainly. sounds like this Certainly. one has a lot more latitude and a lot more freedom. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, I overuse the word probably cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm optimistic and, and not as cautious. And I will tell you, one of the things that caused me caution before was a lot of times these are six to 18 month process. Right, yeah. Uh, we all know the federal government doesn't move quickly on yeah. just about anything. Very, very slow typically. But to see the governor stand up with uh, Seema Verna, the head of CMS and, and uh, the health secretary and a policy person from the White House gives me more comfort that this could right. be expedited and this could be a reality uh, right. quicker. Because those are the people who are making the decisions essentially on the state plans, uh, the, the state seeking waivers or the state seeking ways to innovate. And so 
if, if, like you said, if it's true they're blessing what Oklahoma wants to do, that's a huge hurdle. Uh, well, and I applaud Governor there. Stitt. He deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. Uh, if, if we can get this done, uh, regardless if it gets done or not, uh, his innovation, his leadership, his tenacity to try to get something done like this to deliver for Oklahomans should be applauded. And I like what you said at one of these uh, forums was that this looks like it could put us in control of our own destiny, and that's when we talk about uh, healthcare and, and Medicaid, that's where we want to be. So because healthcare trends and costs and things change in the future. Well, and, and different states have different needs. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Oklahoma has a high, higher child mortality rate. Um, we have higher rates of obesity and hypertension and heart disease diabetes uh, than some healthier states. And so we've got to get on the right track. We've got to make sure we invest wisely and, and be able to tailor it to the needs of Oklahomans. So um, speaking of Washington, D.C., um, a few people may have missed this, but uh, the presidential campaign kind of had an impact here in Oklahoma, and that is one of the candidates. So Senator San Bernie Sanders from uh, is it the state of Vermont? Is that? Uh, I believe that's right, yeah. Uh, Senator Sanders, a presidential candidate uh, seeking the Democratic nomination, wrote an editorial in one of the local newspapers and had a few things to say about education in Oklahoma. And uh, I, I guess it may not be a shock that Senator Sanders wasn't a fan of, of what we've done in the last couple of years. But I think that's mistaken by him for a lot of different reasons. I know you had some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, yeah. It was a cheap publicity stunt. He literally mailed it in, it sounds like, maybe <laughs> emailed it in uh, and tried to to just be critical and not uh, know the realities of how much we've actually invested in public education, common education over the last two years. We shouldn't deny struggles we've had. Yes. But yeah. let's celebrate the successes we've had. We're building on success. We've invested just over the last two years over $630 million new dollars, new dollars, new dollars. Uh, into public education. And we've, we've continued to have to pump in a ton of money on all the pension systems, but it, in particular teacher, uh, teacher retirement, we've been doing $339 million last year. It's always been in the 330s. So for past failures to invest in, in education and retirement, and stealing from the pensions, we're having to play catch up right now. And, and the, you know, Senator Sanders. Uh, and what could real quick? What could we have done? What could we have done with that money today if we didn't have to put it to the retirement? If the retirements weren't used as a slush fund to pay for projects uh, years uh, ago. Day, yeah, years ago. Well, just imagine. I mean, uh, I guess the, you could put that toward roads. You right. could put that toward education. Right. You could that six hundred thirty million dollars that we put in over the last two years could have been had it another $660 million right. added on top yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, the past failures of, to invest in those pension systems, to invest in roads, to invest in education, we're still paying the price tag for that. But Senator Sanders just took a cheap shot. He was trying to win some political favor. He talks about some national uh, $60,000 salary that he's going to force uh, for teachers nationwide. I, I think it was just trying to get publicity for his campaign and take a shot at hardworking Oklahomans while he's at it. Uh, obviously didn't receive it very well. But the problem with education is not that we have too little federal government involvement. That's right. That's the, the problem is federal government provides about 10% of the funding and about 90% of the headaches. And to, to turn over, great, to turn over more uh, to the federal government would be the absolute last thing that that I would want to do, or, or the people of Oklahoma, I believe. Right. We hear it time and time again for 
we don't want any more federal intrusion into education, and, and this would just be more of that. I mean, the Common Core, all kinds of things like that have, have come down from Washington, D.C., and we've heard time and time again from Oklahomans that they're not big fans of that. We need to continue to invest in, in education in Oklahoma. I think Senate Republicans, House Republicans, and Democrats on both sides, too, and the governor have shown a commitment to that end. And for someone just to email it in and, and say, hey, everything's terrible in Oklahoma. That's right. Uh, I think it's awful. But, hey, all that not forget, You know, the budget annually is almost 50% towards common higher education or close to that. Yeah. So it's obviously a priority here. Let, let's talk about D.C., though, because a few things we talked about. We talked about the governor being in D.C. to announce. <laughs> we talked about Medicaid and, and what we're really talking about there is the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare. Right. We talked about so D.C. pushing something down. We've got a presidential hopeful that is – is trying to say, hey, he's going to know better than Oklahomans. Mm-hmm. Hey, just, just FYI, I get a lot of emails from people. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to do with the impeachment process. This uh, is a good public service uh, announcement. Yes, and just uh, Civics 101. I, I, I had an email just two days ago that said, as the leader of the Senate, we demand witnesses. Um, I can probably get someone Mitch McConnell's email, but I don't have any control over that. <laughs> That's right. I don't have a vote on that. I can't ask questions in that process. That's right. It's a serious process, and I don't mean to make light of it. But really, I, I encourage people, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably didn't make that mistake because you actually care what's going on in state government. But help help us educate people on, on how the levels of government work and how we can do better. I would love to have uh, a more robust civics education, and I'm looking at that, and the more I read my emails, there are a lot of really informed Oklahomans, and then there's a few that get really upset at me for things that I have no control right. over uh, in D.C. A few years ago, it was um, one of our uh, senators made the front page of the newspaper because he tweeted out, uh, Dear Oklahomans, rest assured I will not vote for Betsy DeVos to be the Secretary <laughs> of Education, and obviously she's the uh, Secretary of the Education Department at the federal level. Again, that's nothing that we do here in the Oklahoma State Senate, but it's a good lesson. And yeah, reach out, help people to know. And and I see that a lot. Monitoring our social media channels, people will will send us messages or news stories and asks why we're doing this on the impeachment trial, why we're not doing that. So it's a good thing to remember. And it's dominating the news cycle as well. It's every time you turn on Fox News, CNN. Uh, that's all you're bombarded with is the latest in the impeachment trial. Hey, we're going to do real business, not to not to uh, belittle the work that people are doing in D.C. There's a lot of good people that, that we send from Oklahoma and other states do as well. But what we do here impacts your daily life yes. m- uh, much more uh, in mo- most instances than what's going on in D.C. And that's not a knock on our federal delegation. It's just get involved, pay attention, uh, email us, send us questions. I, I'm always interested in what's going on in Oklahoma's lives and trying to figure out how we can better uh, serve, better lead. And man, I just look forward to the session. I think it's going to be awesome. I look forward to working with Governor Stitt, Speaker McCall, and Leader Floyd. It's going to be a, I think, it's going to be another great session. Well, we're real excited around here at the Oklahoma Senate, and um, we are looking forward to another great session as well. Uh, we're going to have podcasts regularly to keep Oklahomans uh, up to date on what's going on. Talk more about civics, probably. Um, we want to encourage. We're gonna have transparency and transparency. Transparency and transparency. You heard <laughs> it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as you're listening to this, we're um, we encourage you to leave comments. Uh, if you're uh, seeing this video on social media or listening to it on your uh, podcast, leave us a comment. Uh, you can send us an email here at the podcast. 
on deck at OKSenate.gov. We'd love to hear um, the topics you want us to talk about, or if you have questions about the process or questions about a bill or questions about something going on in state government, maybe not in the legislature, but something happening in the agency, we'd like to hear because we're here to, to help in that regard. So we just appreciate any comments you give. We always appreciate hey, hey. A, a rating and a thumbs up uh, as well. What, what do you got? I'm going to interrupt you. One of our very first guests on this podcast was U.S. Senator James Langford. And if you are interested in what's going on in D.C. in the impeachment process, he has a wonderful, I think, outreach to Oklahomans and really to the world, giving his perspective, reading his notes, telling what happened that day. Mm -hmm. I really strongly encourage you, if you're interested in just hearing a wrap-up of what happened from a firsthand experience, I'd really go check out U.S. Senator James Langford's Facebook and Twitter he does a, a nightly uh, overview on it, and I, I've been looking at it, and it's been really insightful to me. We can't talk about it now because it would take too much time, but my favorite difference between the Oklahoma state government and the federal government is that we have to pass a balanced budget every year. They do not. They probably haven't passed a budget in several, several years. It's They run on continuing resolutions. Again, that's a topic for another day. But yeah. Senator Sanders, if you're listening, remember Oklahoma has a balanced budget. <laughs> Um, unlike Washington, we can't just print money and spend money endlessly. So, Excellent point. Well, that's what we have for today. We appreciate you listening. Senator Treat, thanks for joining us. We hope you tune in next time uh, to Oklahoma Senate on Deck. Thank you.